So I ought to say before we start, mm. that you might hear some background noise oh, in uh, in this recording because uh, we've got vans outside, we're tankers outside um, our house pumping out sewage. <laughs> oh, nice. Have you blocked the drains again? Uh, they're not actually our drains. Our drains okay. go in a different direction. Oh, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, for once, it's not my crap that's having to be sorted out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's amazing, though, this tank... Because there's a collapsed sewer yeah. or something down oh, the street. No. And so these, these tankers have to keep coming. They're coming like 24 hours. How pumping long, it out. How long has that been going on for? 24 about hours? <laughs> no, about a week now. Oh, crumbs. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll make for a pleasing smell in your street. I just, I'm just surrounded by crap wherever I go. That's <laughs> true. And speaking of crap, let's get on with the show. Welcome everybody to episode 161 of the Midfaith Crisis podcast. Mm. My name is Nick pa- I'm so tired. Yeah, I know. Don't worry. People know who you are. Hi, I'm Joe. You know that. So there's no I, point in really saying it, is there? thing is, I played squash today at 8.20 in the morning. <laughs> Why? Why would you do that? Well, I like playing squash, but I haven't played for 15 months. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I literally, I was it, it was seven points into the first game when I started to get spots in front of my eyes. <laughs> it was like that bad. <laughs> Well, I do feel your pain because I went to do body pump for the first time for a while at the gym and I could barely walk. So <laughs> there we go. It's horrible, isn't it? <laughs> but at least I'm not 60. <laughs> well, I've got no upper body strength left. I know you've always called me scrawny. You I think was scrawny. a word that... I said it to encourage you. <laughs> I like to think I'm buff, but, you know... Uh, I... <laughs> I'm not so much buff as beige. As the colour. <laughs> yes. Anyway, but I've got no body strength. My smashes were like sort of you know just tap down. And get, oh, I've got to, i got to work out. I'm sorry. Anyway, that. sorry that was a rubbish oh. intro. Yeah. Um, how are you? I'm all right, thanks. So ah well, uh, reasonably sort of happy thought about dentists. So I complained. Oh, okay. I did it, you know, in a proper way, and. Uh, and I went and saw this lovely senior dentist at the practice mm. who said, I'm very sorry for what you've been through. And, uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you do need a root canal after all. Um, so that's 700 quid. And then you'll need another crown. So that's 500 quid. But uh, but they're going to do it for free. So wow. that's nice. So before I go to Cornwall, I'm going to have a root canal filling. Just to cheer <laughs> cheer myself up for the start of the holiday. Oh, but I'm it's so good sorry. that they're I doing it. I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> no, but listen, do you know what? Nothing, not even a root canal, can disguise my sheer joy at one more day of work before being off. And it is. Oh, a, are you, are you yeah. going on holiday? You've uh, barely mentioned it for the past <laughs> eight weeks. <laughs> And, you know, like normally you really look forward to going somewhere like Cornwall and, you know, all the things. You do. I'm just looking forward to not working. <laughs> I'm so tired. Oh, it's beautiful. But you, but you end holiday. I mean, you have a very, you, you feel about holidays like you feel about wine and cheese. Yeah, no, I love and, the whole thing. You know, yeah. holidays, it, 
make you very very excited don't they you've they always do. loved a good holiday yeah, I do. well i do i just like time with family and all that stuff the kids came up from bristol uh, last weekend mm-hmm. and my grandpuppy saw it here for the first time that was lovely um so yeah no it's great good, good. times good. oh very good times i must say and so i thought i'd, I'd mention i did, do you have a little pre-holiday ritual is there anything you do in yeah it's sp- called panic oh I, I like to I like to uh, get enormously anxious about all the arrangements and curl <laughs> up in a ball. All right. So, so I think I've told you this before. Like my little ritual on a Friday is to have a little bath because it's like this ceremonial clean. Not in the sink washing again. The week. Sometimes in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought I was going to have a little bath. Do you know I might even go in the sea because it's an evening tide. There's mm, mm. a thought. Maybe I'll go in the tide, and then. Yeah, I'll probably, I'm going to listen to, I'm going to listen to Stevie Wonder, Isn't She Lovely, from the album Songs of the Key of Life, obviously not the single version. Have you ever listened to that? The, uh, I adore Songs in the Key of Life. I have uh, a, do you? I have a vinyl copy of it that I routinely Oh, play. you still mm. surprise me after all these years. Yeah, what's not to love about? Well, it's the, just gorgeous. Well, as you, as you know, the harmonica solo... On mm. Isn't She Lovely, on the album version, is about five minutes long and it's just the most joyful thing you could ever listen to. So mm. I'm going to be queuing that up at some point to ready me. Mm. That's, that's, that's your ritual, is it? It's not Having very interesting. But listening I thought, to Stevie Wonder. Uh, can it get any better? No. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I think the whole country is glad you're having a bath anyway. <laughs> it must be June. Um, Wasn't it you that cracked the joke about when I went on the beach green and went uh, and got out the sea onto the beach Greenpeace game and threw me back in? That was a regular <laughs> that, joke of yours. I seemed it was that, you. You're very, you've been very rude like about my weight, and I'm not any lighter now. That's for sure. No, I don't think I would have made that joke. <laughs> you were making that joke back in the nineties. I would have made something more about a tidal surge. I would have thought when you got in. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, well, that so sounds that, good. That's my life. How are you, my friend? Uh, yes, I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, I'm. I'm giving thanks, I think, for health because mm. I think every other friend of mine is ill or oh, having really? root canal surgery, or <laughs> you know, I, everywhere I look, people. So, yeah, apart from as I said, not having, um, having the upper body strength of a of mm. a toddler. Um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of gardening. Oh, gardening. Yeah. Oh. Gardening has t- teaches you two things, I think. Mm. Patience mm. and vengeance. <laughs> yeah, I know that. <laughs> so I don't know how your slug thing is going. Oh, well, so far... Any good? So far, so good. But I only put the, the beans in this week and the courgettes. So right. time will tell. But nothing's been eaten yet. Well, I hope they eat the courgettes. But anyway, um, uh, I've discovered some organic sort of pellety things. That Ooh. are pet friendly and hedgehog friendly, and I'm trying those out. Oh, good! What they taste and like? Apparently, that <laughs> well, they taste fine. Great. <laughs> they're just and apparently, if they don't get eaten, they're fertilizer as well. So you know, it's all good. So we'll see what happens. So I have lost a few plants, and then I was doing some weeding and accidentally pulled up one that I've lost. Anyway, never mind. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's me, and uh, we. We should say right now that because you are going on holiday, which you've barely mentioned. Yes. Uh, the podcast schedule will be interrupted slightly. Mm. 
So what we're going to do is um, we'll have a two-week uh, gap after this one. Mm. Uh, we'll be back with an interview with Dave Tomlinson. Yes, I know. Great Which stuff. is really in- interesting. Mm. And then there'll be another two-week gap after that. And I imagine quite a lot of people will want to respond to that in some way or another. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll be back after that. So, so over the next sort of... Four yeah. weeks. There'll be th- sort of three yeah. episodes, I suppose. Is that was that right? Something like yeah, that. something like that. Anyway, I can't work yeah. It out. yeah, yeah. So there'd be a cu- we're going fortnightly for the next two episodes, anyway. Because... That's a better way of saying it, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I get there in the end uh, <laughs> because somebody, as I said, is going on holiday. Hey. So shall we? Uh, shall we plow on? Well, yes. We we should come to feedback, but I think you wanted to. Um... You know, in the spirit of uh, not having time to think when we do these podcasts, mm, you wanted mm. to come back on a few things from last time. Well, it's a section that I think I might introduce called Nick's More Thought Through Responses. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it just occurred to me last time. So last time we had a couple of, we had a lot of mm. great letters, actually. We did. And um, we had this thing from Sam right, mm. uh, about running, about uh, yeah. church as a running club, and about it's about orthopraxy rather than orthodoxy. So it's about yes. right practice. And, right. Yeah. and I suppose I wanted to come back on that slightly and say, on reflection, I think it's not entirely just shared practice. There is some foundational belief involved. Okay. Don't you think? In other words, there's a belief that running is a good thing to do. Yes, yeah, sure. Yeah, I see your point. And and so I still think there's a role for, um, there has to be a role for ortho, orthodoxy, for yeah. you know, uh, maybe not right belief, but belief, you know, shared belief yeah. that brings you together in certain things. Um, so I just wanted to make that clarification. I suppose it's like a shared belief around the value of running, but then the proof is that the orthopraxy is you actually run, not just talk yes. about it. Yes. And I suppose that's a similar thing. I mean, what what we're saying is. You know, this loving God wants us to be loving human beings. So rather than just having a whole set of beliefs around that, I mean, important as that is, but that's what we believe. Mm. Let's let's now get on with the practice of it. Mm. Yeah. So I think I think we've talked but in the past about yeah. sort of creedal beliefs and what 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 are your what are your yeah. sort of uh, lines in the sand kind of thing. But I think I think there has to be a shared belief about some stuff. Yeah. in order to give grounds for doing the other stuff as well. Yeah. Um, so th- I wanted to just say that. The other thing, I don't think I've I, I realised enough at the time. And uh, We had an email from Vicky about put, picking th- up things uh, we might have put down. Yeah, yeah. And she said, um, she said this, in talking about things we might have put down which we need to pick up again, I've reflected on it a bit and I think that while on my mid-faith journey I've let myself get a bit cynical. And yeah. what's interesting there is, it. I think that's brilliant because I think I think wh- how I framed the original question about well, what have you put down mm. that you need to pick up was about pra- <laughs> I guess again about practices mm. about stuff mm. you do. What she's saying is maybe there's attitudes that yeah. you need to pick up again, and approaches yeah, sure. to life that you need to pick up again that you've put down. Mm. And I think that's really important because it kind of ties in with you know your idea of a year of mm. hope. Yeah, uh, things like that. Actually, you need to pick mm. it up um, consciously each day and say, "I'm going to carry this around with me. I'm not going to carry cynicism around with me. I'm going to carry hope around with me and trust and faith and these." So mm. I think that I, I I just think I wanted to kind of reinforce that it's about um, 
it's not just about practices that you do. I suppose both of those yeah. have that in common. Anyway, that was oh. just my thoughts no, no, from you. last week. Yeah, that's good. And uh, like you, I often reflect uh, with deeper thoughts, but I forget, immediately forget them again. So that's how I deal with it. But thank well, you for bringing them great. up a week later. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, maybe we'll have a future uh, section yeah. called uh, yeah. Joe's more thoughtful yeah. responses. Although. Yeah. Given what you've just said, I'm not hopeful. No, what Joe should have said, or what <laughs> Joe meant to say. You could, you could do that section, actually. <laughs> what Joe shouldn't have said would be a longer yeah, section. Exactly. Anyway, let's uh, let's let's uh, jog on now. Yes. Okay. So Mark says, "Dear Nick and Joe, Yep could not resist." I think that's the putting the Nick first. And shouldn't that always be the case? Well, shouldn't it's we a little bit Nick rude, first? I think. Um, but there you go, Mark. Okay, so mark that down. Uh, he says, last week I, <laughs> I drove to my company's London office for the first time since August. On the journey, I binged MFC from episode 154, which was the Brian McLaren one, to 159. It's interesting listening to them in this way, so you can pick out themes. It set me thinking a lot about the future of church. Last Sunday, I left home at 9.50, the normal time I would leave for church, and went to the recycling centre. Queued, recycled, dropped in at Majestic Wine, picked up a few bottles, and made it back home with minutes to spare before the online service started. Time saved, he says. I can save even more time if I speed up YouTube to one and a half times, saving an extra 10 minutes. Whilst I agree that having freedom to choose when I listen and having much shorter services is better time management and more flexible, I worry that we are missing something. I know people who used to come to church every week who now hardly take part. I worry we are losing those people. Talking to them, they would do church in person but not online. We also have many older people who are completely excluded due to lack of technology. I don't want to go back to what we had, but I can't see a way forward either. Confused. Keep up the good work, Mark. That's a good point, isn't it? That is a point. Uh, Well, I think we have sort of said this. I mean, I think, uh, again, it was in one of my more thought through responses about a week later uh, from that initial sort of talk about, uh, you know, finding your spiritual nourishment in various places that actually what that doesn't give you is the committed community bit, which is really yeah. the heart of church, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's living alongside people who you wouldn't maybe normally associate with. People yeah. from out, even, even you know, not yeah, not just absolutely. people who you might not get along with, but people who outside your normal sort of social group of various age groups and things like that. I think that's really, really important. I, com- I completely agree with you that. And that's a really good point about older people being excluded because they're not into the technology. I know some silver surfers are absolutely fantastic, but I think mm. still there's a lot of um, older people who don't enjoy being on the Internet. My mother being a prime example won't go anywhere near it. And um, and so, yeah, they are excluded, aren't they, at this this particular moment in time? Well, I think the other thing is there's things that you get from being with people Mm. you know and i speak as someone who would rather not be with people (laughs) as you know but there's things that you get from being with people that you cannot get in any other way Mm. you know i think we were built for face-to-face interaction actually yeah so that's why i think like online church is is in a way a misnomer it's it's online church is is church in the same sense as Facebook friends yeah, of friends. True. I feel the same way about nature. I mean, it's nice to watch Spring Watch, but it's no substitute for actually being out there in nature. No, no. Yeah. So, you know, I think I think you do need both. Yeah, thank mm. you, Mark. 
Okay. Oh, by the way, we had an interesting uh, email in from Margaret, who uh, who happened to mention she'd binged listened the 160 episodes in one month, which is quite extraordinary. But she she asked a question at the end of her email about what is Renovare, because we've mentioned it a couple of times. Oh, right. Okay. I don't think we've said recently what Renovare is. So... Um, what well, you say? Well, um, it was it was an organisation that was founded by a devotional writer called Richard Forster and his friend, who was a philosopher called Dallas Willard, and they had just had this sense. And I think this was back in the sort of late eighties, early nineties, that the church had really made such a gear change towards conversionism that had forgotten about discipleship so for example Richard Foster noted that nothing had really been written about the spiritual practice of fasting because why would anyone fast nowadays and so everything so so they wanted to really write and start an organization that really developed tools of discipleship I guess and discovered spiritual disciplines and and took seriously the transformation to becoming a believer of Jesus to becoming a follower of Jesus. Um, so I, that's when they started. And then there's a British version of Renovare as well. And again, it's just an organising organisation that exists to encourage churches and individuals to to actually follow Jesus. Is that a good summary, do you think? Well, it is an emphasis on spiritual formation yeah, and those yeah. kinds of ish, those Thank kinds you. of practices. Yes, so, of course, yeah. you know, uh, th that's, I think, what's, what's special about it, what's unique about mm. it. Um, I think also I'd want to say something about binge listening. Yes, <laughs> because I'm not sure that's healthy with this podcast. Um, to be honest, I'm not sure listening is any 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 form of. Well, listening. you see, so in Mark's email, he said, you know, he binged um, mid faith crisis while yeah. driving. Now, I think that's should you listen to this podcast while driving, because the, you could fall asleep at the wheel. Yeah, um, that is the danger. <laughs> Or you could get so intoxicated by the sheer intellectual, um, you know, content of it mm. that your brain could and literally that, I, explode. I don't think that is going to happen. Can I move <laughs> on to Tim, please? And that, now, listen, Tim wrote quite an epistle to us. And thank you, Tim. He picked out a number of themes. I'm not going to do all of them. Uh, but he did talk about that thing we were talking about, refinding happiness by putting others first. And he, and he wanted just to sound this sort of cautionary note of checking our motivation for putting others first. You remember we were saying, like, if you pursue your own happiness, it can be a very elusive thing, mm. whereas when you tend to pursue other people's happiness, you, you may just find your own. But he says this, if we exist for the affirmation of others and people-pleasing, it's a sure way to be exhausted. And he quoted St. Robert of Palmer, which I quite enjoyed. Uh, who said, uh, you might as well face it, you're addicted to love. And that can be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, there's got to yeah, be a so. middle way, I would have thought. But yeah, there I is. Think, uh, I'm not sure about people pleasing is the same mm. thing as, no. as putting others first. But uh, I can see that it could be damaging. All these, all these good things no, exactly. can be damaging, can't they? Exactly, yeah. exactly. But he was, he, was, uh, he was very right to say that. But then he said this. He said, I loved everything Nick said about his speech therapist. The reason I became a coach is that I experienced being coached. I call it the power of the hour. Oh, uh, oh, we love there's a, we there's love, a coaching we manual that. waiting yeah, to happen that's great the power of the hour rarely if ever does someone pay us their full attention for a solid hour i hope that over a dinner table or in a small group we listen intently to each other but i think it's highly likely that even the best listener in that situation isn't listening or paying as much attention as a coach does my wife is a wonderful listener but she rarely fully attends to me as nick's voice coach did to his voice and thus his personality being 
I'm not a fan of spiritual directors because I don't want someone to direct me. I want someone to listen to me, give me their full attention, to ask the really difficult questions that make me squirm, to challenge me and to hold me accountable to what I've said I'll do. For me, coaching does all those things. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Tim. And uh, a good point about spiritual direction is neither spiritual nor direction. So it is quite named quite stupidly when you think about it, isn't it? Well, I think I don't a lot of um, spiritual directors they're moving away from that. Talking yeah, about spiritual are. accompaniment or yeah, yeah, spiritual exactly. companionship or, or yeah, or exactly. Whatever. Yeah, and Rachel does exactly that. I mean, she she calls herself a spiritual accompanier, and it's great. And she that's what she practices: spiritual accompaniment. And it is just listening to people and then just gently teasing out where God's active in their lives. So yeah. Suppose you could have a spiritual fitness coach who would literally just shout at you to pray more. <laughs> Good to, yeah. <laughs> Some people like that kind of challenge motivation, don't they? Yeah. They too, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, look, let's just do uh, one more. And this, uh, uh, Jane shared this on Facebook. I should say to people who write things on Facebook, Nick never sees them, so don't go writing things to Nick, as some of you have been prone to do, because he never sees it because he's unsociable. Uh, so. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> unsocial. I'm just, really. I'm just leaving that because yeah, I mean it's true, really. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. But importantly, this was worth sharing. Thank you, Jane, uh, for putting this up. And it's called uh, a speed of soul thought to deeply listen. And she says this: there's a process in Quaker community called clearness. It is a way to sit in the presence of another person, to listen deeply, to allow them an open space to hear the wisdom of their own inner teacher. Sometimes there is a question or a decision to be made, but the listeners never give advice. They are only allowed to ask open, honest questions. In fact, if advice is given, usually the entire process breaks down. The process is at the root of Parker J. Palmer's Circle of Trust method of deep listening. It is powerful and relies upon the belief that we each have an inner teacher that can be trusted and that when we step away from our usual cultural modes of problem solving, something expanding and clear can happen. Can you remember a time when someone deeply listened to you? Perhaps a time when you deeply listened to another? How something shifted, something felt safer, clearer and witnessed. This is the kind of listening that has no agenda or judgment. No sense that the listener is thinking ahead to a response. No pressure to fix or brainstorm or correct your flawed thinking. Try this today. Listen to someone with no intention to fix or save or solve. Listen with an open heart and belief in the good heart of the person speaking. I began listening this way as a Quaker practice, then as a circles of trust practice. But the more I listened in this manner, the more it seemed appropriate for most situations. Listen, hear the speaker into their own language and you will fill up a cup that has been long waited for water. Thank you for sharing that, uh, Jane. Really appreciated that because I thought that was something really lovely in those words. And, uh, and we're back to that thing on listening again aren't we really and just it's importance and um it's role sorry what, what were you saying <laughs> <laughs> sorry i couldn't resist that no I, it's true i know you couldn't and <laughs> i'd have been disappointed if you hadn't made that joke well how do you hear from god can i ask you this question? yeah that's a really good question how do you hear from god oh golly thanks for chucking that straight at me by surprise well, you just thought I was opening up a general topic, no, didn't you? But I am yeah. asking you a genuine no, that's a question. Really, that's a really good question. I think in 
in various ways like we've talked about before sometimes just a real deep inner intuition you know sometimes you're tempted to pray to god out out there for mm. an answer i think that this is this practice that we we're hearing about here is speaking to christ in you to mm. reveal something in you so i think probably most of the time I hear God's voice through that, but sometimes through circumstance as well. I think I I, I see the things that are happening around me and have a sense, oh, the divine's saying something to me here mm. because, you know, things are happening. Yeah, you see, I think I've been... This idea of listening has been something that... God has been speaking to me about <laughs> that I've been hearing from him yeah. because, and, I, and, and, and here's how I think it works for me often, I, I think I, I hear from God in the way that you talk about, mm. so there's that intuition, there's that mm. sort of sense of something yeah. there's other people listening to other people and that's a clear way of, mm. for me of hearing something yeah. that I think God wants me to understand and then I think one of the main ways for me is it's just repetition it's just things cropping up over and over again in my life mm. and I think yeah. ah now, is God placing them there or is he sort of inspiring something in me and then I'm recognising those things? I'm sh I'm just making more of those connections. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I don't know whether you ever found that time where it feels like every book you, you pick up, it's like there's a theme coming through. Exactly. Oh, my goodness, I just read this in, you know, the gospel. Exactly. And now I'm reading it in a book by Nick Page, The Lord Has Spoken. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, thank you for calling me the Lord. But um, <laughs> no... I, I think exactly that, or that thing where you get a Bible verse and it just it it yeah. comes up. You hear like three or four times in a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think genuinely, I think there's something in that. Uh, and the interesting thing I think here is that I have been hearing this over and over again about listening to people and not rushing to provide solutions. Even today, I was in a, a, a meeting at work and it was about nothing to do with this. It was about sort of simplifying processes, but it was done. Uh, led by uh, uh, a friend of mine who led it really well. And, and it was all about, can we ask really good questions here and not rush to give a solution to this problem? And, mm. you know, can we can we hold back? And mm. and, and so that's... I wasn't expecting to hear that at that yeah. point. Um, and I think I've just been so aware of this ever since we uh, sort of raised the issue. I can't even remember how we, how we raised the issue of listening to God but mm. some time back and Tim's talked about it in his email and now mm. uh, Jane has shared this mm. so I think it's something that, that uh, yeah. one needs to pay attention to really so I have been thinking about that thinking so much so that I actually went to a, a seminar a Renovare seminar yeah. on spiritual direction <laughs> and so did I I know and we didn't know we didn't even mention it to each other no we just both happened to go we have been together far too long because before you know it we'll be finishing each other's sentences I is that exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible though it is incredible that we both went to it i mean it's not a surprise because it was with trevor hudson who's our yes so we're going to try and get trevor on the show again i think mm. because he, he's he's a gem but and and he is the world's greatest listener Yes, uh, I think it's he won the Olympics. Uh, yes. sort of about three or four <laughs> Olympics running. Um, <laughs> but I think what was what I was very interested in listening to people and how that affects them. And Trevor was saying that that 
he, his, his basic sort of parameter is this idea that this conviction that God is present and active in every area of our lives. It's amazing, isn't it? And, I know. And, and therefore, whatever, you're, whatever people are talking to you about, there's something of God happening there. You it's, know. it's so great. I mean, we talk about orthodoxy and orthopraxis. Orthopraxy. I have this belief that, yeah, God is, there's no spiritual secular divide, that we can't split life out. Everything's safe. You know, I've, I've mm. definitely got that as a kind of orthodoxy. But I, my orthopraxy, I don't think reflects it. And that was the challenge for me, what, what you've just said. That do I really think God's in every single part of my life or am I still sort of sectioning off? Bit, like, is God really with me when I'm, you know, feeling awful and ploughing through emails and, you know, trying to get all this sorted and mm. in the middle of the night when I'm trying to sleep and I'm, I'm awake thinking about a service and all that sort of thing? You know, it's like there's a slight dissonance there between what I say I believe and my practice still but can I really really engage with God in every every single bit of it and that's quite a challenge for me well I think it's if you know that's probably impossible in a way um for us to do that fully and I think if I'm honest there's some areas of my life that I don't want God involved in <laughs> yeah. no I think I think this that's a that's that's not a good thing necessarily, right. and there are some areas of our life which you sit, which let's be honest, feel very very human and feel <laughs> perhaps we don't want to yeah. uh, imagine God involved in at that moment. I don't know. Yeah, but, I don't want um, Jesus with me right this particular second. No. <laughs> <laughs> do, you mind, do you mind? I'm on the loo here. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. You know, but it is true. I think, and I, the other thing I liked about what Trevor said, I don't know how, what you think about this, is he when he was asked a definition of um, spiritual uh, direction. Mm. He defined it as a conversation between two people where one is listening to another to help them deepen their friendship with God. Oh, man, isn't that lovely? Uh, and I suppose what I thought is, well, why isn't every conversation like that? Uh, so, a com so let's say uh, again, a conversation between two people where one is listening to another to help them deepen their friendship with god yes <laughs> I, don't, I just don't know how to respond to that i mean you know well i think it's i suppose it's really it's the intention it's a level of intentionality isn't it that makes it so in yeah. in spiritual direction one person is entirely focused on the yeah. other person yes that's not really a conversation no it's not i guess um and so I suppose if you had it as a conversational thing, you would say it's a conversation where both people are listening to each other yeah, to help yeah, them sure. deepen yeah. their friendship with God. And maybe that's a better way of, of doing it. But uh, it certainly challenged me to kind of listen a bit more. And, um, you know, uh, and, to, and, to, and the other art of listening, part of listening is asking really good questions. Yeah, that is that is a key. And it's interesting. Jesus was spent his life asking people questions, didn't he, really? Well, did you hear? So, part of the seminar was online things. People were putting questions in. I don't know if you did. You post a question for Trevor at all about? I, I posted something about Bolton Wanderers because he's a Bolton Wanderers fan. Right. <laughs> Nothing so strange, deeper than that. <laughs> strangely, that wasn't picked up by the American moderator. Yes, I don't. I didn't really understand why that was. 
that I've subsequently spoken to him about Bolton Wanderers. But I mean, it's this bizarre thing where a guy who's born and raised in South Africa is a Bolton Wanderers fan. It's a story all of its own. I'll get him to tell it next time he's on the podcast. Yeah. It's very strange. And um, I mean, we should say about this seminar that yeah. it, it wasn't it wasn't just Trevor. There was no. uh, a, a Jan. Now, I don't know Jan. Do you know? Uh, the you know fabulous Jan Johnson. Yeah, she's mm. she's just a wonderful uh, lady and a, a fantastic writer as well. Written many books on spiritual direction and spiritual formation. And uh, yeah, she's a brilliant. I think we've concentrated on Trevor because he's, you, you know, a closer friend of ours. Uh, but Jan Johnson is wonderful and definitely worth listening to as well. So what we're going to do is, uh, I think they will make the seminar available to the public. So if so, yeah. I will put a link uh, in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, on that will appear on the website and in your podcast listener of choice, I think. Mm. But but there was a question about well, you know, if what's the biblical precedent for spiritual direction, wasn't it? Oh uh, yeah. Um, oh yeah. And yeah, I always yeah, think, yeah, why has there got always be a biblical precedent? For, why can't it just be a good thing? Yeah. <laughs> There's no biblical precedent for drinking coffee after church, but you, know, you need it or something stronger. <laughs> you know. Yeah, anyway, yeah. but it was about that. The answer was, you know, Jesus's habit, ability to ask the really important questions and to really truly listen yeah, to yeah. people. Yes, indeed. And I liked it when Trevor talked about, do you, do you remember that he was answering one question? I don't remember what the question was now, but I do remember the answer was, it, I, probably it was about what is spiritual direction, I guess. And he said it was about recognising and responding. And, um, you know, that those those are what you were trying to do, uh, to help people recognise where God's active in their lives and to, you know, help them res- respond to that. Um which I thought was interesting. And I think that takes making space to reflect, which I often don't do. Um, you know, to, ref- to to actually think back over the day. I mean, that's the prayer of examine thing, isn't it? At the end of the day, where have I sensed God's presence? Where have I sensed God's love today? And where have I not sensed God's love? Mm. I think doing that practice probably does help us recognise where God's active. And, and and then the step beyond just recognising it, but how, how do we want to respond so you're sort of talking there about listening, as it were, to our own lives. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I think that's a good challenge. But I think equally, how do we recognise on behalf of others? I mean, you know, when I'm listening to others, sometimes that's easier in a way, isn't it? To see how God is working in someone else's life, even though they don't see it at all. Yeah, much easier, I would say. So I think that's really what I've been paying attention to this, this past week or past couple of weeks, is really. Well, how do I... Can I can I learn to to quiet myself and really listen to the other person? You know, I think um, mm. I, I I live my life in the the absolute conviction that the world is waiting to hear my opinions, <laughs> and uh, that's why we. You. It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. that's rather undermined the whole podcast, but you know we'll have to <laughs> we'll have to rethink it. No, it's true. I mean, and, and let me say something about Trevor. Trevor is uh, he's about his authority. Trevor is the most gentle, humble, lovely man you could ever meet. He's he's very quiet and softly mm. spoken, and and yet he has this huge authority when he speaks i mean and you genuinely want to you, you are hanging on every word he says aren't you? I, I just find it an extraordinary study 
that we revere him and love him so much because he practices what he preaches is that back to we're back to author praxy you know this is a prayerful man when you're speaking it just can't be faked i remember steve chalk talking once about seeing cardinal hume and he just says he has such an immensely prayerful presence is how how steve described him to me it's like he just you know this man prays and how do you know that i don't know it's we're sensing it in something different to our normal senses and um yeah it's just a interesting Uh, that's really interesting isn't it Uh, Mm. that's true and um part of that is having the confidence not only to speak but to not speak and to say few words yeah um you know some speakers will just speak for a short time or somebody like trevor will you'll he'll say Mm. something and then he'll think and then they say i think i've said enough yeah whereas i would blather on for another 20 minutes probably (laughs) (laughs) so so uh learning to be quiet is is quite important really i know yes well um I hope we can do that. I'm gonna. I intend to be very quiet next week. There you go. How about that? I'm gonna practice what we preach. Yeah. <laughs> the idea is that I'll go away this week, and it'll make me a nicer person to go away on holiday with, <laughs> along with the okay. family. <laughs> well, let's all pray for a miracle, and uh, we'll see. <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> Listen, talking of being quiet, hmm. I think that's a, that's about time we were. Yes, indeed. But I do want to encourage uh, everyone listening, you know, this week, if you want to give a gift to someone, do go and give them a damn good listening to. That's, yeah, uh, yeah. that's the challenge. So we, we said that, that was a episode title uh, <laughs> yeah. a, a few weeks ago. So this is, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to call this one, give them a damn good listening to, you know, with oh. the numeral. Do you know, because that's what they do in yeah. films, isn't it? You are so on it. that is marketing my friend talking of which uh if you would like to support the podcast (laughs) please do you can do so via our website if you'd like to recommend it to people uh, you know it only grows um, through word of mouth really so we really appreciate good reviews and um uh, and all that kind of stuff Oh, oh, oh. And of course, uh, we need to say a massive thank you for these wonderful new headphones that we are wearing. Thanks to the generosity of the listeners. Yes, they, we just we've decided to upgrade some equipment. We have, and uh, the the headphones are they're great, aren't they? And they've got uh, they've got the word professional written <laughs> on the packaging. They have indeed. We can yeah. fool ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we can't fool anybody else. And uh, please do write in with your thoughts. Yeah, to Joe at midfaithcrisis.org, but don't expect a, an answer to that in the next three weeks. Why? <laughs> I don't know if I've mentioned. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to your holiday as well. <laughs> we all are. <laughs>